Hi, I'm Beth Kuehl, your executive coach and host of Breakthroughs, Smart Strategies for Business and Career Growth. In today's episode, I have the pleasure of interviewing Nir Bashan. Nir Bashan is the founder and CEO of the Creator Mindset LLC, where he teaches business leaders around the world how to harness the power of creativity to improve profitability, increase sales, and make work more meaningful. His clients include AT&T, Microsoft, Ace Hardware, the NFL Network, EA Sports, and JetBlue. He's also the author of newly released book, The Creator Mindset, 92 Tools to Unlock the Secrets of Innovation, Growth, and Sustainability. Now, if you think that creativity is just for creative types, think again. Nir Bashan reveals why every business leader and professional has the capacity to be more creative. In today's episode, we'll get a chance to learn how we can all become more creative in a business way. Here's Nir's big idea. Lots of companies proclaim their commitment to innovation. Yet in business schools and professional training seminars, the lion's share of what's taught places a priority on analysis, data, and spreadsheet logic. So why does this matter? What's the real problem here? The vast majority of bright and ambitious people are working, Nir says, at half their potential because they've only developed the analytical part of their thinking. So despite all the talk about innovation, people in business aren't taught how to think creatively. Sadly, creativity is often pigeonholed as a gift reserved for the artistic types. As a result of our creativity deficit, careers are stalled and companies are grappling to compete and survive. Nirbhashan has devoted his career to the topic of how to train your mind to think more creatively. Welcome, Nir. It's great to have you on my show. I'm excited for you to share with my audience specific tips that can help all of us become more creative. Thanks, Beth. Thanks for having me. What a great intro. I mean, we're kind of done. You, you hit <laughs> up all the points and, uh, you know, there, there we go. There we go. Okay. I just wanted to make sure it's crystal clear. So, but I do have like, I want to get into your story. So if you could tell us a little bit about what inspired you to write this book. Yeah. So, um, you know, really uh, I've been a serial entrepreneur my whole life and what inspired me to write the book was a gap in the market. So like every entrepreneur like you and, and, uh, um, assuming many of your listeners, uh, business owners and, and, you know, uh, leadership, teams, uh, I found a gap in the market and I filled it. Most books on creativity are about the why, you know, why should you be creative? And I've read everything in the market. And what ends up happening is you get really excited, right? You read the book, you get really excited and you're like, wow, creativity is so important. But then there's literally nothing that shows you how to do it. So I wrote the book to fill a gap in the market where um, the how of creativity, practical tips and tricks and tools are illustrated in the book to help anybody become more creative. Mm. Well, that makes a lot of sense because the practical side is really what we can do to become more creative. And I can tell you from personal experience after uh, you know, have, earning an MBA, uh, we did not study creativity in my MBA program, and it was a great <laughs> program, but uh, that's yeah. something that's specifically focused on. Uh, so can you, you know, tell us a little bit, let's talk about the specifics. What are the specifics? How can we build our creativity in business? So creativity is like any other tool that we use, right? We, we learned how to make a pivot chart in Excel, um, creativity, the same way. It's just, it just a, a series of actionable items that you need to follow 
in order to get creativity on demand whenever you want it. Um, I started my career, I worked, um, you know, I've had a, uh, my own companies and I've worked in Hollywood and in music and I sat in recording studios from the time I was about 15 or 16 years old um, all the way to my early 20s. I sat in a bunch of recording studios in Los Angeles, Beth, and I found you know, I work with everyone from Rod Stewart to, to hip hop artists to, you know, all these different bands. And what I found was that there are creative types in music and in film later when I worked in Hollywood that aren't that different than you and I. They're just not. They are literally just exactly the same as you and I. The only difference is, is they have a repeatable and a refreshable method you know, their own kind of thing where they can pull out a sketch pad. It's almost always uh, um, a, a notebook and do and make and manufacture creativity. And I found that what they are doing, becoming creative, is the same thing that, you know, Steve Jobs has done at Apple. It's the same thing that, you know, uh, Elon Musk is doing with his company and so on and so forth. And I teach people how to uh, make that creativity happen no matter what they do. So it's totally teachable and it's totally something that people can learn. Okay. So what then are those cornerstones that you describe? I mean, you talk about it in your book, but I'd like to, you know, rather, I'd like for you to, to bring them out. If you could tease them out, you mentioned something about humor, empathy, courage. Is that, you know, something you can um, speak to? Absolutely. So humor is one of the really important parts of, of bringing out creativity in what you do. And I think it's good to note uh, really quick here that every one of my tools is absolutely free. They cost nothing. It really is about shifting your mindset and allowing creativity to emanate from who you are as a child. And everyone was born creative. I've done extensive research on problem solving in babies, and we found that before even language takes hold, creativity takes hold. So one of the things that you can do today to become more creative is start to look at the world in a bit more of a humorous way. Humor allows for opportunities to occur that would never be there if we look at it, things with pessimism and, you know, dread and, and, and that sort of thing. But when we shift our mindset to one of joy and one of curiosity, one of humor, we open up the opportunities for problem solving. Empathy is the same thing. I talk about two types of empathy in the book, but basically when we're able to look at a situation through someone else's eyes and not really just look at it, but feel what they are going through, we awaken creative potential to solve problems that was never there before. And courage really is about having the courage to go out and do it. Um, the market will tell you that we shouldn't think differently or creatively. You know, customers might tell you that, your family might tell you that, but because of the amazing risk that we take when we do the same old, same old every day, Beth, um, you know, for me, that's riskier than than innovation and creativity. So um, you have to have the courage to follow through with your conviction. That's really true. I mean, I think about the times there were things that, you know, gotten messed up in my career and just things and mistakes that happen occasionally. And, you know, even with our, our first conversation, uh, the technology wasn't working that day. So we rescheduled. Um, yeah. Having a sense of humor, I think 10 years ago, I might have been, oh, you know, I wouldn't have slept that night. I would have felt so terrible. Um, and, and 
we, we have a sense of humor about things, it's much easier to just move forward, to, not to yes. take ourselves so seriously, perhaps. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. I, you know, and, and it's not about being funny. It really is about looking at the world in a different way. And no matter how hard we try to control our destiny, um, I mean, life happens. And, and really, what we do far, far outweighs what happens. Mm-hmm. And when we're looking to really make a positive difference to help others, if we keep that at the forefront of our mind, I mean, it's true, I think, in business in general, when, you know, when I coach people, I try to help them to focus on why you want to make this choice to work for that particular employer. Do you really want to make a positive difference there? Your energy will come out if that's true. So if we really focus on, you know, we want to make a positive difference somewhere, and then we apply your tools of humor and just, you know, laughing at ourselves and situations, but being persistent because anyone who's become successful, they failed many times. We have to, you know, if we're empathetic with others, we also need to be empathetic, I think, with ourselves. No doubt. And, and failure is such an important point. Um, you know, I, I've run companies into the ground before, Beth, and it's embarrassing. You know, I've had to lose staff that was loyal and fantastic and, and you know, trustworthy. And, um, you know, I just made a bunch of bad decisions over and over again. And, and you know, it's horrible. But what came out of that is amazing growth and amazing creative potential. So like a forest that needs to catch fire every once in a while and, and burn down so that the soil becomes, you know, ripe for new growth, our careers and our businesses are the same. And yet we spend our life running away from uh, problems, running away from learning why things crash into the ground when the information there is so incredibly valuable um, and can really help uh, help us with our, uh, our our product or service. That that's so true, and it's the I feel also the learning that, like you mentioned, that's where the learning comes in. And if we don't allow ourselves to take a certain amount of risk and and have that learning and encourage our people to take risks and even fail. You fail in order to succeed. It sounds, you know, is that common expression, but I really do believe it's true. And, and I, I also love that your point about courage because, you know, we can't listen to naysayers. Naysayers, you know, if I would have told people that I were writing a book, well, who am I not to write a book? Who are you yeah. not to be successful? Who are you not to be creative? Who are you not to find that little piece of whatever your purpose is to make a positive difference somewhere. And, and that energy and excitement comes from tapping into your specialness. So I just, you know, I, I like that you have these practical tools. I, you know, you mentioned little victories. Can you talk to that a little bit more? Yeah, so uh, this is something that I, I do in, in businesses often when I'm out consulting. Um, and we talk about little victories. And I'll get a leadership team or even, you know, high-performing managers or a sales team together. I'll say, okay, guys, you know, let's start to look at what your plan is. And inevitably, somebody in the room will chime up and she'll say, you know what, Nir, we're on a one year for this, we're on a three year for that, we got a five year for this, it's going to be amazing. This is our trajectory. And, you know, this is how we're going to get there. And at the one year, I like to take the staff out for a dinner. And then at the three year, if we're able to make that, then we have a spouse you know, included thing, we go on a cruise, right? And then at the five year, and, and I'm like, okay, cool. What, what do you do between? And she's like, what do you mean? We, we're, we're on that target. And 
Beth, I've spent my whole life thinking like that. Like we got to set a target and we got to go for it. But you're ignoring the amazing and incredible potential of little victories that happen along the way that could be more, way more powerful than hitting your one or your three or your five year. Uh, I'll give you an example. There was an ice cream salesman uh, many years ago who was analytical and he wanted to sell a bunch of ice cream machine. So, you know, that's, uh, he thought volume, I'm going to get a list. I'm going to contact a bunch of people on the list and, you know, work the phones and, and all of that stuff and try to sell machines. Well, that works for a little while, but it's, his business started to falter like every business does when they don't inject creativity into the organization. And so, you know, one day he found that there was a restaurant in California that kept ordering machines over and over and over again because they were breaking because they were making so many milkshakes, right? So he decided, you know what? I'm going to go to the restaurant, Beth. I'm going to see what they're doing. And so he got there. There was a line out the door. 45 minutes later, he gets to the counter. He orders a cheeseburger, and it was the best cheeseburger he's ever had in his life. And the guy's name was Ray Kroc, <laughs> and the restaurant was McDonald's. Wow. Okay? So how many of those little victories that we have that we're ignoring that have the potential to be far stronger than the one or the three or the five year that we're on, that North Star that's guiding us. If Ray Kroc would have just stuck with his three year, which was to sell a crap load of machines, you know, would that have been better? I, I don't think so. I think it would have been way better to do exactly what he did, which is get creative and start to listen and to look at what those little breadcrumbs that are happening along the way that might be guiding us down a slightly different path. And for me, that is amazing creative potential. So we need to open ourselves to spontaneity and to, to be more flexible, it sounds like. No doubt. And we need to look at what's working for us. So like that, you're a serial entrepreneur. You've had many businesses. You've done well your entire life, right? And you've noticed that you're really, really good with people. And that's been your specialty. Yes, you can run P&L sheets. Yes, you can do the finance part. Yes, you can hire and fire and do HR responsibility. Yes, you can do the sales pipeline. But for you, you've noticed over the years, man, I am really, really good with people. I've seen your work. It's impressive, right? So you're, you're, you've started to make a business that fits who you are. And I think if you're able to do that creatively, you'll never work another day in your life. And what I try to encourage people to do is listen to those little signs that happen along the way. They're going to tell you exactly where it is that you need to go. That is so true. I'm just enjoying this so much because it's, it, it resonates and it's crystal clear to me that when we tap into, you know, what our, where our strengths lie, but also, you know, it also has to be coordinated with where there's a demand. I think sometimes when people say, follow your passion, you know, that's great if, if, you, if in fact you have a passion. But sometimes I think when you're able to think about where are my talents and then where can I apply them that they can make a difference where there's a demand. That's the piece that I think is missing in a lot of the coaching because we have to find that sweet spot. So, you know, if we're appreciated for making a difference, again, where there's a demand, uh, that, that I think our passion can follow us. Um, and, I, you know, I think that the creativity and the, is, is partly, it sounds like, being open to just looking a little bit more, 
be more mindful to where's our specialness? Where's our, you know, our unique talent? Um, Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like everybody is born creative and through that creativity is a lens of problem solving that you and only you have. Nobody else will ever solve problems the way that you will do it. It's because of your DNA. It's because of your upbringing. It's because of your socioeconomic background. It's really everything that is you, Beth, and everything that is the listener uh, is a unique and once-in-a-lifetime proposition. And if we're able to get in touch with who we are creatively and we're able to merge that with the analytics, which is what you've covered, you know, finding, you know, a zone and making sure that we're, you know, there's a market for our quote unquote passion or whatnot. If we're able to do that, then, then we're generally in good shape. Yes, indeed we are. So what about, you know, the destructive behaviors of self-doubt? You know, a lot of times we have these blocks that hold us back. I, I, mentioned, I mentioned naysayers, but our own self-doubt, I think, is our own worst enemy. How do you overcome that? You know, Beth, I think that we're, um, you know, I don't know. I think we're far harder on ourselves than anybody else. And so, um, you know, I have a couple of techniques. One of them is to write something down. When you write something down, you activate a completely different part of the mind that looks at things objectively and allows you pause in those assessments when we think of ideas and not write them down we get this like preciousness about it we think oh you know this idea is so precious i'm not going to share it with anybody they're going to steal it and all this stuff but when you write stuff down you get in the habit of kind of okay cool i'm getting this idea out and the next one and the next one and what it does is you develop this sense of not being attached to every little thing and every little idea and not being attached really frees you to come up with even more ideas that, um, that escape that self doubt, uh, uh, catch 22. That's something I'm going to try to implement starting today. So great. I just knowing that you have, um, specific tools also for overcoming, uh, doubt, I would like also just to bring in what is it near that we can do during these difficult times during the pandemic to bring back that childhood sense of wonder. I mean, we're all kind of stressed out today. And I think that that must have some kind of um, negative impact upon our ability to kind of let loose and be more creative and have more humor. So do you have some suggestions for our audience? I do. I really look at any crisis as an opportunity and being able to look at what's going on now and find opportunity is incredible. Um, I'm doing it in my business. I've noticed other businesses doing it. Uh, There's a clothing, a small clothing chain in Orlando that has put, you know, tents up and has put fold up tables outside and they're letting people take home a couple different sizes of clothes and bring back whatever doesn't fit and they dry clean it. Um, and they're staying in business. It's the amazing power of creativity, uh, to solve problems that are unsolvable otherwise. So for me, this is high time now to come up with a bunch of great ideas and try them. The worst thing that can happen is really the status quo. I mean, it's already kind of bad. So what are we so afraid of? 
That's a great point, Nir. Now's a great time to explore our own creativity and develop it. I mean, you're so right. We have nothing to lose. And that goes back to a point about having a sense of humor and thinking more playfully and ignoring the naysayers. We know that artists often get their inspiration from difficulty. So why can't we do that today in business? I often suggest to my clients who are trying to find their calling or find more meaning from their work that they try this. Tap into what you're good at. And then think about it. How can you apply that to a cause or a problem that matters to you, either within your organization or outside of it? And then you might find that you're more motivated to become creative, to let loose, to enjoy the process and come up with a creative solution. And that might become your calling. But once you're making a positive contribution somewhere and you're appreciated for it, I really believe, and I've seen it happen time and again, that your passion will follow you. So for those of you who want to stay where you're working, you could always find an opportunity to do what we call job crafting. That's looking for somewhere in the organization that on the side, in addition to your work, you could apply your skills to help them solve a problem and make a positive difference there using your talent. The creativity will be come more naturally when it's something that really matters to you. And you'll overcome your fears or your doubt. And for those of you who have more of an entrepreneurial spirit, I suggest that you try to find a niche either that hasn't been exploited or apply your unique skills and abilities to something that you see is in your life uh, a thing that's not working well, a problem that you you know just encounter and perhaps you can see it done differently make some kind of improvement in something that's even small. Nir, it's really been a delight and a lot of fun talking with you today. And I hope my audience will feel a little bit more confident knowing that you all have creativity in you. And it's just about unleashing it, as Nir says. If you'd like to get more specific details how to do this, I highly recommend Nir's recently released book, The Creator Mindset. It's available on Amazon. Thanks again to all of you for listening. And thanks again, Nir, for being on my show. It was a true delight. Thank you so much, Beth. It was a great show.